Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me tonight, Peakless Mountaineer and Richie Rich. Uh, we're going to kick tonight's show off by saying, Crappy birthday! 110 years of the Federal Reserve. Boo! Boo. I know. Like, mm. like if the Federal Reserve was given a cake with a bunch of candles, I hope it burns the place down. Mm. Well, I'd just like to soothe my soul with the knowledge that Henry Kissinger no longer walks the earth. Well, and FDR too, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it during his time when this whole thing like went into went into play? Not that, it's like a hundred. Uh, oh, and ten years. Oh, yeah. Oh. Not that. Not that I like. I mean, I'm 51, so you do wait. The math. You mean they they would pass that law on like Christmas Eve when no one was even there? There are well played. There are uh, libertarian types, if you will, and I say types because I, you know, voluntarists, anarchists, or whatever. I'm not just talking about like free state project people or whatever, right? Or people capital L, little L, whatever. Big it umbrella is, libertarians. Right? Big umbrella, huge umbrella libertarian types who talk about dead presidents like they're still here somehow mm. you know well it was so and so's fault it's like well, okay yes it was but like were you alive for that to happen like they have these opinions that like drag into this territory of that make you like they insinuate or imply that they were alive and i'm like dude you're younger than me there's no way you were alive for this particular regime to have taken place but at any rate I mean, you can still point the blame, right? Okay, like if it's, if but it's like, their fault, it's their fault. But they're, it's but it's it's like almost the it's well, almost it's like your fault that their policies are still being paid for. It would be like the captain speaking in third person. Well, the captain is going to read something now, right? But no, that's me. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be like I'm going to read something. Now. I'm not gonna say the captain's gonna read something now, right? They speak as if they were there. They speak, they're like, well, what happened is blah, 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 blah. And then because, of, you know, and they speak as if they were like, they're giving an eyewitness account of the details that happened instead of giving the historical facts or at least as history is, has written them. Okay. I mean, well, I said it before. I'll say it again. If you get a time travel device, don't go for Hitler, go for Woodrow Wilson. No uh, Woodrow Wilson, no Federal Reserve. Also no World War One, no World War Two. Today, December 23rd, 2023, marks 110 years since the establishment of the Federal Reserve System. It stands as a testament centralized financial control, perpetuating an intricate web of fallacies that plague the global economic landscape. A creation shrouded in secrecy and conceived on Jekyll Island, That's right, folks. If you're not familiar with Jekyll Island. The Creature from Jekyll Island. It's a great book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Check it out. Recommended reading for anybody of almost any age. (laughs) As long as I don't even know, like, if it's published in different languages, I assume. But that book is a conspiracy theory. Yeah, and the conspiracy theorists are, what, like 25 and 0 over the last, uh, you know, 25 years? (laughs) Right? So we are, we are running out of conspiracy theories that haven't come true at this point. The Federal Reserve embodies a sinister creature that inflicts severe harm on the fabric of economic stability. Its inception heralded an era of fiat money. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It basically means fake or backed by nothing. By decree. Fract, thank you. 
Fractional reserve banking. Again, if you don't know what that is, look it up. What it means in layman's terms is banks, if they wanted to give you a loan for $100,000, needed to have some percentage of that in reserve before they could make the loan. 10% is where it was whenever I discovered what fractional reserve banking was. And then they waived that a few years <laughs> They waived that, and so now every loan banks give out is just backed by nothing. It's not even a percentage-based thing. It's just like, yeah, sure, we'll just create money out of thin air for you, provided you have good credit and some collateral and a down payment. So as bad of an idea as this is, you mentioned the libertarian types. And two or three months ago at one of the you know monthly meetup groups yeah. in the city closer to me, there was a gentleman who pur- purported to be like one of us handing out pamphlets about how the best way for New Hampshire to secede is to start our own paper fiat currency. Oh, gosh. No. David Ridley calling. David, you're on Free Talk Live. I was going to talk off topic, but actually I know something going on that is on topic here in New Hampshire. Can you hear me? I can, can yes. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I was just listening to a podcast. I'm a little vague on the timing and the date and everything. But apparently, New Hampshire Liberty activist and former Senator uh, Jim Forsyth is involved in an effort to try and get uh, New Hampshire currency that would be gold-backed, and it would become legal tender, uh, and, the, and, the, and the, there would be a crypto version of it, like a token, mm-hmm. a crypto token that is backed by gold, and, and you could use gold as legal tender. Nice. Yeah, I think that would be now, the way I, to go. I'm... I'm not sure that legal tender is quite the right word for it. Um, I think that implies that people are required to accept it. I think it would, but I think it would just make it so that the government can accept it as payment for taxes. I'm not sure it would make anybody accept it. Right. So I think that's a misnomer with legal tender to begin with, because legal tender is for debts, right? If you if you incur a debt to someone and they take you to court, mm. and they say, like, well, we need to settle this debt, you can use legal tender. But if you walk into, like, the grocery store or the corner store, and they say, we only take gold for trade, right? You're not in debt yet, right? You're Now you're trying to trade. If you steal something and run out the door, and then you get caught, and, like, now you're in debt, yeah. and now you can pay that back in U.S. dollars, so it might, you know, incentivize theft, um, but the the legal tender is for payments of you know taxes and debts. Doesn't well, matter. You I, can barter for whatever you want. I was going to ask you to clarify that too, because uh, like taxation to me is a very different animal than debt. Understood. Right? Debt is you know I borrowed something for somebody or I owe them restitution for something. Yeah. To me, that's debt. I understand. Taxation, however, you know, being theft, I don't actually right. owe anybody anything. Right, you can make that distinction. And right, was it? Uh, was, didn't Jerk J? They had the Bitcoin store on Portsmouth. They did, yeah. That in order to buy anything from, then you first had to convert to Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. It's not like uh, I'm buying this yeah. and I'm going to pay in Federal Reserve notes because you must take it because it's legal tender. I, right. No, it's that's what they're accepting because you're not in debt to them yet. I never made it to that store when it was open, and in fact, I don't even know if it was open when I first got here. Okay. Um, but I wanted to go. Like I heard about it. I'm yeah. like, this is great, and they had. All of the things that you needed, right? They had, you know, a, uh, some sort of a uh, an ATM where you could convert your your fiat 
into crypto that you had to if you only had fiat on you right uh or you could like uh, like still to this day coinstar machines if you have your spare change right and maybe that's a solution to the uh you know when you get change from goldbacks or something you know you just take it to the coinstar convert into crypto okay um that's an extra step but but it it is but like you know for from a practical perspective in the now uh, Coinstar still will allow you to, when you bring your coins, dump it in the machine, and it counts them all. It takes, I don't know, 5%, 10%, whatever it is off the top. But then whatever it's going to give you back, you can choose to have it in a voucher for the store that you're at, or you can choose to have it converted into, I don't even know if they have multiple cryptos. I haven't used it in so long because, well, I no longer keep spare change around except for, like, in my ashtray. I've got, you know, some... Yeah. Some change in case I need to plug a meter or something. Another example that just came to mind, Captain, you at uh, Forkfest this past year in Porkfash. Yeah. Right? You were not taking uh, Federal Reserve notes for I, your merchandise. Correct. I was not. Yeah. So, And no one no one said, like, you must take this because this is legal tender. Yeah. Right? Nor would they, nor would they be. I mean, no one even to, stole like, your merchandise and then forced you to take their dirty fetties like, after you took them to court. Part of my reasoning for not accepting fiat at Forkfest and Porkfest was because you're at Forkfest and Porkfest. <laughs> if you <laughs> don't have a, a method, if you don't have upon you, if all you have on you is USD, walk around for five minutes <laughs> or just go to random people go, hey, could somebody exchange some USD? for? And somebody will. Somebody else will. They'll give you gold back. They'll give you crypto, whatever it is. They'll fit, you know, they'll make you an offer. You'll make them an offer, whatever it is. You know, go like that's the experience that I wanted these people to have. Yeah, they'll generally even do it at spot. Right. It's merchant's choice, and most merchants just choose Federal Reserve notes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, David. Yeah, and, and mostly that just comes down to trying to make the maximum number of sales, whereas you have uh, something else in, in mind. David? Yes. So anyway, uh, New Hampshire bill uh, that would create a New Hampshire gold back currency. Uh, I, you know, if if I'm not getting my timing wrong, then I guess it would be heard between January and March. However, I don't know what the date of this podcast was, so this could be something from last year, for all I know. Okay. Do you remember the name of it? What it was called? No, I, I didn't. I didn't get the bill number or name. Oh, very informative. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all right. I, I think I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm this was sure different from the page. topic he called about, Captain. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm. I'm giving him crap. The inception of the Federal Reserve heralded an era of fiat money, fractional reserve banking, and perpetual debt, and it established the constructs fundamentally. Uh, it established constructs fundamentally flawed, designed to serve the interests of a select few, at the expense of many. That's you and me. Yep. At its core lies the fallacy of fiat money, a system wherein currency holds no intrinsic value and is instead backed by the mere decree of government. Subject to It's amazing, ma- sorry. It's amazing to hear like anti-crypto people bring that up. <laughs> like crypto is fiat because it's not backed by anything. False. Crypto is backed by mathematics. Understood. But then they totally disregard the US dollar. <laughs> Right? No, no, no. That's that's government money. That's so much better. That's backed by the government. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so to to get a grip on uh, what sort of propaganda is being fed to the public regarding cryptocurrency, uh, we have uh, I, libertarians around the state of New Hampshire have these uh, these meetups that happen. Some of them are pretty regular. Some of them not so regular. 
I was at one of the regular ones. And uh, uh, one of our co-hosts, sometimes called Joe, okay. uh, he was outside, I think, having a smoke or whatever. And he's talking to some non-libertarian chick, right? I think he's hitting on her or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I'm getting ready to leave, come to, do the, come to do the show. And he's talking to her about cryptocurrency, right? And uh, so I'm, I'm walking out the door. He goes, hey, Captain, uh, she... She thinks that uh, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, is, is, isn't a good idea. And I'm like, oh, really? Why? And she's like, well, from everything on the news that I've seen, it just seems really shady. And I'm like, you want to know what a really shady currency is? And she's like, what? I'm like, the United States dollar. And she goes, oh, and then I turned and walked away and came to do the show. But, like, no, really. Like... <laughs> And Joe yeah, like all of the, the terrorism in the world, all of the criminality, <laughs> all, all of, of the kidnapping, <laughs> all, of all of the all of the paid murders is done in the United States dollar. Yeah, until <laughs> like cryptocurrency came along. And even though cryptocurrency has come along, it's still all done in the dollar. All right. Not all, but like m- the majority of it is still the dollar. Like. The U.S. Government, government has a lot of, of confiscated crypto, man. Sure. Like, but they're going to be spending it on forth, bad stuff, too. But what they're putting forth is a whole bunch of BS propaganda that, like, somehow cryptocurrency is the, the choice Hucksters, of evildoers. No, no. The biggest scammer on planet Earth is government. And the biggest scam, the biggest pyramid scam, the biggest, like, false thing that you could ever hold in your hand is something called the United States dollar. And it's lost value over 110 years. <laughs> like all of it's like all, yeah, all, yeah, like all of it. it it's approaching all of it. Like, like everyone talks about hyperinflation. I go, is 99 not enough? Right? Is 99 percent <laughs> not enough? Like, can we can we skip the well, hyperinflation part and just go well, like 99 is well, enough? Let's stop. Well, well, that's not in a year though. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how long. If it's a year, well, then you're talking about hyperinflation. Like, why wait? You, it's around the corner, and even well, if it's not, like, right around well, the corner. Well, but at least it's not volatile. It can be relied upon to be worth less every year. Every year, yes. It reliably goes down every year. I well, think people see, hang on to this thing. Well, you see, fiat is actually us. We're the ones demanding that this be used as currency. No, we're not. So I don't know what the... You know the mm, the book definition of uh, hyperinflation is, but I believe uh, hyperinflation would be where you know you get your paycheck today and you better spend it all because you can't buy the same amount of goods with it tomorrow. We're not there yet, right? If you get a paycheck for a hundred dollars, right, you can like you know if you can, right, like hold on to some of that all week long, and it'll buy you about the same amount of goods all yep. week long. All so, week long, sure. All month long, meh. Perhaps, but as we get to year long, eh, right? Yeah. So so I think that hyperinflation, at least m- the modern definition, means that, like, it can't be worth the same amount tomorrow, right, is is what I think, where the well, hyper part is. What we're I seeing, mean, What we're seeing is inflation, we're seeing rampant inflation, we're seeing high inflation, and that's not just because people are, like, spending their money on weed. I believe this is Gigi in South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Good Number evening. one, my husband and I received two more letters from Mr. Freeman. Wow, nice. Yes. Now, we have a question, please, Captain, mm-hmm. because he said in one letter that on the 19th of December this past week, he had a hearing 
to inform him as to where he would be relocated. Do we know that address yet? Um, the address, the hearing on the 19th, it has been postponed to my knowledge. Okay. And okay. I don't have the the new date as of yet. Okay. Well, I, of course, responded. We will mail. Hold on, please. Hmm? <coughs> Pardon me for coughing in your ear. Use the cough button. Um, we will <laughs> mail we our do. response <laughs> letter to Mr. Freeman Tuesday to the same address as we have presently. Yes. And secondly, once again, my husband and I finished watching a super flick with Gene Hackman and Mikhail Baryshnikov called Company Business about Russian and American spying. And as we saw the end of the movie, we looked at each other and we said, yes, perfect title, business as usual. Instead of working cooperatively, amicably, jointly for the betterment of science, medicine, technology, infrastructure, engineering, the same crap still goes on with every government. Now we have the European Union and everybody is still looking out for for themselves spying on each other and they are so-called allies so nothing has changed <laughs> you got that's it. why i paid attention and i thought about what you and richie always emphasize no government because it's always the same even though the players change i learned something this evening from you guys Aw, well, thank you so well, much. Let, let me play devil's advocate again, of then. I was international relations for 22 years down in Florida, but I take my hats off to you, gentlemen. I learned something. Let's let's play devil's advocate again, then. Um, in at least corporate American capitalist business structure, right, the, the competitors are competing against each other yes. for your dollar. They right, sometimes, about that in most the times, as well. there there depends are... on which field. I mean, if you think that uh, J.P. Morgan and uh, Wells Fargo are competing against each other, no, they are far more colluding than competing against each other. They well, and far as Jesus thinks, that would be a good that thing. That nature, then. exactly what you are touching upon in the movie. I'm just saying, competition breeds uh, innovation, generally. Mm-hmm. Right. If you you know if you if you take out the competition aspect of things, then innovation is stifled, right? Because well, no one's trying to outcompete the others. Well, they talked about industrial espionage, and uh, I'm trying to use the proper phrase academically, entrepreneurial espionage. Sure. I learned a lot from this movie. Right, but why is it? Why do we? Why do we elevate it within the corporate structure? And denigrate it within the government structure. Oh, that's a good point. Aren't they one and the same, essentially? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm saying you would want, if, if you believe in the government system, you would want governments competing with each other, right? For, for, for if anything, oh, citizens. Okay, yes. Okay, well, as I said, I take my hats off of, to you guys. I learned something. It's I, uh, always important to keep an open mind, listen to other perspectives, because somewhere along the line, you can learn and still grow intellectually. So 
I take my hats off to you guys, and I say thank you. Uh, you yeah, are I'd, welcome. Uh, I'd one... say I'm way more concerned with when they, when uh, different governments cooperate, and when the Republicans and Democrats cooperate. That is when the most scary oh. things come out. Oh yeah. What about the newly elected libertarian, quote unquote, president of Argentina, who quote now unquote. has banned political demonstrations? I love it. This is Ricky from the Commonwealth calling. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. No doubt there, brother captain. Brother Richie, Peakless Mountaineer, good evening. 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 Yo. Well, before I go into my topic, I just wanted to say, if you ever get a chance to talk to brother Ian there, brother captain, just let him know that Ricky from the Commonwealth loves him and he misses him, and he looks forward to him to him coming back to where he belongs real soon. Roger that. Consider the message relayed the next time I talk to him. You got it, brother. Thank you. Anyways, now on to the important phone call. Brother Richie. Yo. Hey. You know, I couldn't think of anything more on topic. You know, a couple of weeks back we were talking about certain predictions. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I'd like to do. I haven't forgotten. You know, in Peakless, you had a great idea, and I just didn't have a chance. But here, I want to reiterate my predictions, and then we speak about terms. All right? Let's hear it. So here were the predictions. I'll run them past real quick, Richie, and then we'll talk terms. My predictions are that in, on around July 2025, gas price is going to go beyond biblical epic proportions in price. Okay, second, by the end of 2025, the dollar will fall. And then third, by the end of the first quarter of 2026, we're going to have a new experiment. And that means that this country is going to become a third world country. Now, I did say as a caveat, I wasn't going to say it because I thought irresponsible. I thought maybe it's a good thing, though, that the only thing that can stop this is World War III. Now, that being said, my predictions will come true notwithstanding. Now, I thought Peakless is right, and I think we should make the bet in dash. Sounds appropriate, you know, Captain. Uh, well, first of all, your your predictions are vague. Right? No, they're not vague. They're well, accurate, brother. Well, vague. Oh, well, well no, 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 no. Hold on. on as much as I hate to agree with Richie Rich, and you know I do, <laughs> he has a point here that <laughs> we need to know. We need to know what you mean, as astronomical prices. It means they're going to be so sky high. No, we Put need a number. Dollar, we need a man. number. Oh, come on. Come on. No. I mean, That's how you settle the bet. bet. Okay, okay. Otherwise, on, we're going to get to 2026, and you're going to be like, they were astronomical. And he'll be like, they were not double. astronomical. Wait, wait. They were just absurd. Right. No, 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 no. All I'm saying, okay, here. Put it this way. <laughs> the economic oblivion one will be enough for this bet to be satisfied. That will happen, and so will the others. Okay, what do you now mean economic oblivion? How do you measure that? We need uh, objective right. measurements a, a or we can't make a bet. Uh, well, you mit, you don't listen to the show enough. That's the problem, Rich. The sequence <laughs> knows very well what I'm talking about. Three, you still got to put a number on it. 30 million people become a third world country. That's an economic oblivion as a result of the dollar falling at the end of 2025. So what, what does the dollar fall to by the end of 2025? El Zippo. And so, it's due to the gold because so it's going to fall like another lion. penny. You didn't listen. You didn't listen to my uh, predictions back the night. Well, this sounds great. Like whatever, whatever the bet amount is, you just owe that to Richie 
in dollars, and then he no, owes no, you no, something in dash. dash no, 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 no. We'll use dash. It's the other way. The dollar's going to be worthless. We'll use dash. So what's the bet? How many dash? Well, if well, it's worthless, the then you can get as much of it as you want. No, no, here's the thing. We're going to, to make it appropriate, because, you know, things do fluctuate in, in the amount of dash. So I'm saying we're going to do They fluctuate in the amount of dash as it relates to the dollar. If yeah, you're going to well, settle this in dash, it has to be like is, a fixed amount well, of don't dash. Don't worry, the dollar's not going to fall until the end of 2025, Richie. At the beginning of 2025, that's where we're going to make the monetary bet. Wouldn't make sense to do it now because it may be more or less the amount in crypto. No, that's why you just make it in a fixed amount of crypto. If you want to bet like five dash, I don't know what dash is worth. All right, okay, we could do it now. We could do it. How now, much is five dash term. worth? Current present, uh, present market value. It's like thirty ish. Thirty ish. Okay. Uh, per dash. Per dash. Yeah. So one hundred fifty ish. So f- five dash then. Okay. You are okay. So you five. Want to do what it, okay, we can do that. We can. Uh, that's, that's worth we'll about one hundred and sixty six dollars and twenty five cents. That's per and dash. Say, and what I'll no, say, no, no. Uh, five dash. Five dash. Okay. Yeah. So right, five wait, dash. Ricky from the Commonwealth. And we'll make the bet, uh, and I will make the, make sure you'll have yours on your end. I'll have mine on my end. At sure. the beginning, say, I don't know, about February, say, in 2025. Whatever. I probably have more you. than that right now just because of my free talk live stipend. There you go. But Does that sound fair around February 2025? We'll put the money on the line? No, let's put it on the line right now. If you bet well, five dash, no, I will bet you I five dash. Right you you might not right have now. five dash right now. Well, you now. better get it now before the dollar goes to Bolivian. Right. Dude, that's <laughs> not going to happen until the end of 2025, Richie. Well, then you have plenty of time to acquire five dash. Right, but in the at the end of 2025, dash might be worth $1,000 each. No, I like where Ricky's going with this. In February, we need to have this put in escrow. What if at the same time that they're uh, that they're upping this over $15 a gallon, so yep. it is prohibitively expensive to get to work, they are also subsidizing uh, uh, buses and uh, subways and all of that stuff? Because th- you have to remember how much of the voter base is in cities, and buses work fine there, okay. and it's good for the planet. So, You've got to appease the sky gods, or they will increase the temperature by one degree centigrade. So where are, we, where are the gas prices we're talking about? Is it national average? Is it local average? Is it Pennsylvania? Is it New Hampshire? Right. We don't have the infrastructure to run a train. They're going to have to build that. No, From what I've seen in Hawaii and their rail system, that's a 30-year project. Hey, uh, They're not going to do anything anytime soon. Well, with and that, and, the and that tends to be the way that this runs: is that they make the gas prices extremely high, and then they subsidize it where they want your economic activity. If you're a let's call it essential worker, like for example, growing food, then they'll give you a government subsidy for your gas to bring the prices back to something reasonable. Okay. But are, if you're not an essential worker, then they're not going to help you. Are either well, then you're on welfare because you're not going to go to work. Well, you should have lived in a 15 minute city to begin with. Are either of you familiar with the carnival ride the bumper cars yeah and Master and have you things. looked at like how they actually function they're electric mm. electric well in the roof right so they have a pole sticking out of the back with a little metal curved bar that touches the roof and when it does it conducts electricity mm. that makes the car go yep mm. uh i don't know if you know this uh, and I don't know however many other big cities this is the case in, but when I was in Seattle, all of their city buses are what they call dual fuel. They're either diesel or electric. 
Mm. When a bus travels outside of the downtown, quote unquote, Seattle area, I don't know who defines these things. Uh, it's it only works on you know we'll call it fossil fuel, right? Diesel or gas or whatever, right? Mm. But once it enters the downtown area, it has two bars that raise up from the roof of the bus and touch upon these cables that are suspended from the air all over downtown and are now powered by electric. So as to eliminate, a, um, uh, eliminate emissions. How long yeah, there did it was take a, to get that uh, started? What they called a light rail in Denver. Yeah. That's uh, basically the same idea. You have Seattle a train. Seattle has light rail as but, well. But, uh, yeah, it, it runs basically but like bumper cars. The Seattle light rail up until... How long did it take to get those projects from start to finish? I don't know. It was there when I got there in 96. Was so... it more than 18 months? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. So on Rick, sure. Ricky's time scale, you're yeah, not going to do so this that... in everywhere in America... In the next 18 months. Well, and, and it's irrelevant anyway, because we're talking about, like, uh, most of the... Oh, energy, I knew it was irrelevant when I brought it up. Yeah, most... <laughs> That's why I brought it up. Well, I, if we're going to talk about irrelevancies, then what we should have just, is a system of bumper you, cars, except oh, the well, antennas should go all sexless. the way to space. I was sitting... And if they go all the way to space, then we can look, just man, harvest the space radiation. Look, brother, I was sitting here listening quite peacefully to the Richie Rich and Peakless Mountaineer show. And you guys said something, and I was like, oh, hey, I got a bumper cars. Bumper cars and, like, you know, electric buses or whatever. And so in order to get a word in edgewise, I had to sort of interrupt you. No, it's, it, again, it's a, it's a fine idea if you think that that's what's going to happen. The question is, is it going to happen within Ricky's time frame? No, it's not. And it's not. No. So, again, that's another safe bet. Well, not necessarily. Okay. So, seriously, you can have a system where gas, as far as you and I go, is $30 a barrel. Completely unusable. But they do subsidies for all of the things that they've decided are essential. Understood. But there are more, there are more non-essential workers that will throw a fit, vote otherwise, protest, storm the Capitol, whatever. Well, it's not it's, like they count the votes. I got it. But they, they, they'll be counting the bullet chills. Right at, at some point it gets I, to I, that. Oh, I think we proved in 2020 that there is pretty much no amount of stomping on people's rights that will get them to do anything. <laughs> okay, so pe- yeah. uh, so they're going to have to subsidize Sadly. people then. They're, whoever's working, oh, it's almost like people will call for a uh, uh, a universal basic income with a central bank digital currency. I'm sure they won't do that. So the Fed's unchecked power fabricates money with impunity, bestowing upon an insidious tool for control over markets, individuals, and governments alike. Fractional reserve banking, another offspring of the Fed system, permits banks to lend out money multiples larger than what they hold in their actual reserves. So to the lay people out there and the people who don't have never delved into economics, you might think that when you go to the bank and you want to borrow $10,000 to buy a used car, that they have $10,000 in the safe at that bank and then they check your credit and they check your job and, you know, they do make a few calls, send some emails, whatever it is. And they go, oh, yeah, your credit score looks fine. Here's $10,000. You might think that they pull that money out of that safe and then credit it to your account. That's not what happens. The fact is that they do make all those calls and emails or whatever, and then they just literally manufacture $10,000 into your account out of Boop. thin air with the press of a button. That's all that happens. The most amazing thing is that sometimes they go out of business, even though they have this power. 
This alchemy of finance amplifies the initial injection of new, a.k.a. counterfeit money, creating a house of cards where the ratio of actual assets to debt becomes increasingly precarious. This fractional reserve system thrives on the illusion of wealth creation while etching a reality of perpetual debt enslaving future generations. So uh, the creature is 110 years old. Uh, No, sorry, crappy birthday, Federal Reserve. Uh, I wish uh, an enormous amount of bad things upon you. Uh, I hope that the next phone number you get is one digit away from an all-night taxi service, uh, among other things that uh, I'd rather not say on the radio. And all that being said, I agree with you, Captain. I don't think that's going to happen by 2026. So I'm going to take a controversial stance. Oh. Oh. And among libertarians. Not a pro-troversial? Yeah. And say that at the moment, the Federal Reserve is our friend. Ooh. Go on. Yeah, that's right. Those are the daggers you I, should be staring at me. I, I, where, where am I? Am I <laughs> have I gone through a dimensional portal as... Are you really peakless mountaineer? I know. It's a wild claim. But hear me out. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Right. So right now... That's a pretty bold boast. Okay. So here's here's the basic idea. I think that it is better to have two very powerful evil people claiming power over your life that then fight each other than have one evil powerful entity that claims rule over your life unopposed. Oh, okay. And if I'm right, then it's a better thing to have the Federal Reserve fighting the European Central Bank over who gets to be the great lord over the world's currency. Is the Okay, mm. so is the presumption then that if the Federal Reserve didn't exist, the European Central Bank would like take over the United States? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, without a doubt. How so? Oh, uh, well, through the uh, World Economic uh, Forum Uh, plan. uh, They've pretty much detailed out exactly how they're going to become the bank of the world. And the Federal Reserve has said, excuse me, that is currently our job, and we are not giving it up. I'm I'm doing that thing that uh, uh, statists who uh, haven't studied economics uh, or looked at the outputs of governments do. Uh, They immediately jump to, like... Who would build the roads? Who? Yeah. And so I'm doing something similar to similar to that when you say uh, the European European what am I European, European Central Union. Bank. Jeez, thank you. European ECB. Central Bank uh, would take over the United States, and like I'm like how like to me it's like overnight, right? It's like instant. Yeah, pretty much. Like, but like no, it would take some period of time for that to actually occur. First, the Federal Bank, Federal Reserve would need to dissolve or otherwise go away in some way, shape, or form, and then things would have to be put into place and like start moving to see something else adopted that would allow the European central banks to have you know the majority of the currency well, distributed here in the U.S. What would our currency be denominated in? Euros? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No. So, so you can't you can't get an entire generation of Americans to go on the metric system. And overnight they're going to be like, oh yeah, this just costs sure, fifty sure euros. They can. All they need to do Actually, is get kind of yeah. All they need okay. to do is I mean, get like, so euros peakless. are are at about peakless. the same level as dollars. So yeah. All right. Wait, no, that's the wrong oh, guy. That's me. That's you muted me. Right. That's the wrong guy. Um, all they would need to do. I'm going to unmute you again now. Uh, all they would need to do is get some young uh, female singer 
to do a cover of Bonnie Tyler's I Need a Hero, but change the words to I Need a Euro. <laughs> That's a sandwich. And, no, Euro, oh, as in the And that was Euro. worth muting your co-host to tell. <laughs> okay. Some jokes are worth it. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, but you do have a habit of talking over people. What? No. <laughs> if that were the case, there would be a so podcast anyway. <laughs> that was famous for that. You, you've you've got a, a full country of like red-blooded Americans who yeah. won't even touch a peso. Dude, they all watch Monday Night Football because of the broad who sings that tune, right? I don't care you who know? sings the tune. What I'm saying is like they're gonna they're gonna introduce the Euro overnight, and the dude's gonna be like okay with it. Have you watched the movie Richard Jewell? Mm-mm. Okay, watch that movie. It's a true story, but it's it's. I the, have not seen this. Okay, well, watch it then. Or that I'm aware of, anyway. What's, it's the what's guy. The it's a real guy. His name was Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. He was like working security at some venue or concert, and he found an explosive, and called it in, and it exploded. Oh! And he was a useful idiot, because like the entire time he was proclaiming his innocence. And cooperating with the police, yeah, whose whole job was to incriminate him and pin this explosion on him, on him right. until he was like finally vindicated. Um, and that the useful idiot reminds me because like the whole time he's like, like I'm, I'm, I work security, like I'm one of you guys, yeah. you know, like I'm cooperating any way I can, you know. And his lawyer's like, shut up, stop talking. He's like, no, you know, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that, like no, this they're on our side, right, right, yeah. And I kind of feel, you know, sometimes... The police would never enforce an unconstitutional law. I Sometimes, in conversations with my boss, I feel like he's like Richard Jewell, right? Because he's always on the side of the people who's against him, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, why would you be on their side? Right, They're yeah. actively yeah. working against you, and he feels some, like, moral or ethical obligation to support his enemies. Speaking of people working against you... Are you guys aware that uh, President Joe Biden has signed the country's largest ever military budget into law? I saw the headline. You mean that he outdid Trump? He did. Unsurprising. Uh, this from RT.com. Biden signs off on record U.S. military budget. The mammoth defense bill gives Ukraine a tiny percentage of aid promised by the White House. There's a whole separate bill, by what the way, What did they sneak Ukraine. in there? There's a whole separate bill yeah. for Ukraine that has nothing to do with this. I got it. But usually usually they sneak in pork let's, let's right f- into these defense bills. Well, this, I mean... Uh, I mean, isn't it, the it, whole bill pork? Like, you sure, have to ask yourself this question. Do you think that we are getting any portion of the amount of military power for the United States in proportion to them spending way more than like the next two countries combined. Are we? What's the? I don't so like for question. example, like, are we getting the like, benefit of the United States military? Yeah, I mean, like, do you think that they're getting the military, like any percentage of the military power out of that budget for what they spend? The, the, yes, it's like one percent, okay. man. Yes, they're getting a percentage. It's nowhere near the value. Right. Like, okay. 99% of it is all pork. They build things that don't work to build things that don't <laughs> well, work I'm, because it rewards their donors. This I is got all it. just machines of murder is really all that it is. Understood. But typically, you know, your special interest will... This is the Ron Paul thing that I'm always griping about. Yeah. Right? Ron Paul will see this big military budget spending bill yeah. and he'll put something in there for his little state and his little county in yeah. Texas yeah. and then vote no knowing that it will pass. 
right? So that's, and that is somehow worse than voting no, knowing it won't, knowing that it will pass, and not putting that in there. Uh, on on principle, yes, it's worse. How? Because on principle, if you're going to vote no, you ought not put something else in there. Well, I mean, on principle, a man shouldn't be a politician. So, also a good case against Mr. Paul that yeah. you know doesn't falls on deaf ears amongst other community members well yeah and again you know the the old joke was well what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist six, six months, months yeah, right yeah. but that's not true uh well, way, six months in new hampshire maybe but there are still many many libertarians who are not anarchists, anarchists. they are minarchists uh, here in new hampshire right so you know so you have this giant defense bill and then because they know it's going to pass they shove in more stuff yeah. in there yeah, and that's, I, that's what I'm. It's political tricks. That right. seems like I'm, a lateral move to me. I'm just curious about it. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'll well, say it's all out. bad, but I want to know what's in there. The 886.3 billion dollar bill. 886.3 billion. They didn't even crack a trillion. They're really holding themselves back. Gives American troops a pay raise, but includes only a fraction of the aid requested by Ukraine. Biden signed the 2024 NDAA on Friday after it passed Congress with bipartisan support. So uh, any of you who are you know, pointing fingers at Democrats or you're pointing fingers at Republicans, uh, they both signed off on this thing. Yeah, speaking of uh, anniversaries of terrible, terrible things, crappy birthday to the NDAA. Yeah. At $886.3 billion. The bill allocates 3% more money to the Pentagon than last year. If you, the listener, and folks out there in listener land, if you go into the military thinking you're doing something noble, you're not. You're becoming a stormtrooper. You are, you are aligning yourself with the empire, literally. The United States of America is the largest empire planet Earth has ever known. By almost any measure. So you were asking, when is this going to stop? It might actually. So the wacky thing about We're having the bet five uh, dash on that. Well, <laughs> I mean, something's got to give. So the thing about having the federal funds rate at five and a quarter percent is that the U.S. actually has to finance its new debt at that, and they've already passed the point where paying just the interest on their existing debt is more than the entire federal budget for the military. They don't care. Yeah, I'm with Captain on this one. They don't care. But I will say this to your initial question, when will it stop? To go back to like hour one, like first segment about the nuclear proliferation, right? This is why you don't do it if you're one of the other countries. Because if the United States is spending this much on the military, you are at risk if you're not able to defend yourself somehow Mm -hmm. against the empire expanding into your territory. Yeah. Uh, so because the only place, the only country that has used them is the United States, and we've still got them. The the people of the United States of America need to grow some balls real quick. Uh, you cannot bomb your way to peace. You cannot murder your way to cooperation in society. These are just oxymorons. They're jumbo shrimp, military intelligence, right? These are things that like are opposed to each other. So the longer this goes on, uh, the more folks are going to see you, the people, uh, as 
accessories, cooperators. Complicit. Complicit in what the United States is doing. They already did. That was part of 9-11. Right. They and, didn't target, like, the military bases. Right. And and that, you know, is likely to continue because all the military does, like, the output of the United States as a government, as a, a the system that governs, right? Uh, the only output that can be measured is bodies. It's certainly not doing anything economically for us, right? Okay. We're in the hole, right? The debt is huge, right? Uh, unborn children are in debt the moment they're they're born on, onto, quote, U.S. soil, unquote. He did the air quotes again. I did, just in case you were wondering, Pinkless. But he also said, quote, unquote. Okay. So this time you're doing the superfluous right. explanation. Right. And a superfluous job you did. Thank you. Uh, you like this whole murdering empire it just needs to stop right uh, the united states of america if you think it was based on noble intent if you think the bill of rights was a noble intention if you think the declaration of independence was a noble intention if you think the constitution was a noble intention and you think that the things that they wrote in those pieces of paper uh, were noble things like hmm, liberty freedom Right. Uh, prosperity. Right. You know, the ability to make all your own choices for yourself, et cetera, and so on. Uh, none of those things is true right now. None of those pieces of paper uh, have any merit whatsoever. They're just words on paper. And that's how your government treats them. Uh, if that were not the case, things would be a lot different. So as a person who worked in tech, the only non well, the only objective way to evaluate a system is to see what the output is right if you're henry ford and you build an assembly line right why are you building the assembly line you're building the assembly line so that you can make more cars faster right uh instead of making and even if you tell people that you're actually assembling plushies and you find out that it's cars coming out of that factory you might start thinking to yourself that's not a plushie factory right. well let's also let's take a step back as well the united states military has done all this damage all over the world continues to do continues to do and overnight it ceases just somehow someone gets in charge or by luck of happenstance or miracle intervention the united states ceases all this recalls all the troops closes all the bases is the is the rest of the world like all the terrorists that have been created by bombing their families between now and then they just go like okay we forgive you you left or is there still like a revenge motive and then there's still defense to be needed against whatever offense they're now going to employ? Depends on how long you wait. Yeah. Well, I if mean, it happens so overnight, how long is that you're, terrorist going to wait? You're, you're doing this thing that, that Skeeter tried to do and that many libertarians do. You're you're uh, throwing out a hypothetical situation that has zero chance of occurring. Yeah. Right? There is going to be no miracle thing that makes the United States suddenly one day overnight stop all of this. I got it. But we're calling for it to cease. Right, we're, we're, say, we're saying like the the proliferation of the American Empire needs to stop. So your argument is basically that uh, the American Empire has the the tiger by the tail at this point. That it they, might. I'm suggesting that that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I was uh, suggesting that with with nine eleven, right? At least the the rhetoric from the state was these individuals did a bad thing. We're going to go get the guys who did it much like you just suggested would be like the outcome if we brought all the troops home. Right. Okay. And if they actually got the guys who did that 
as opposed to what they're doing, then that would be a much better circumstance. Well, like, at, at some point... And, but, but in their mind, well, they are. And my point... No! They're absolutely not. They are they absolutely not. They know full not. well that these are not the people responsible for the attacks on 9-11. Right. They know full well that is the case. Uh, is it, though? I mean, like, let's just uh, imagine, if you will, uh, from their perspective, right? Uh, their families have been getting bombed by, you know, military forces... Uh, you know, creating their position uh, that that uh, the USA is evil or whatever it is, right? Do it uh, with Israel and Hamas. That's uh, recent. And and so in their mind, you know, it, it occurs to me, like, what other things might they have done to get the attention of not just the U.S., like, you know, in proper channels, right? You know, like, did they go to their government? Did they go to, like, the embassy? Did they try, you know, what other things were tried, you know? And then did they arrive at the conclusion that we talked about just in the previous segment here that, like, the ignorance of the populace of the United States makes them complicit in these acts of murder? And so if that's the case, then... You know, in their mind, they're probably thinking, well, we have no recourse. We have no other way to uh, let uh, planet Earth know that what is being done to us is wrong, morally, ethically, uh, politically, et cetera, and so on, than to strike back. That's usually what you get when you give someone no recourse. Right. right. Even even like the art of war, the Sun Tzu quote, right, right is give your enemy like a golden bridge to retreat upon. So that there's no recourse. Like, you, they're fine. Yeah. You go away and we're good, right? But if you, you back them into a corner, you kill their family, they have no recourse on the international stage because the American empire is so large. What are you going to do? Right. And you throw in some religion in there. Sure. Right? You know, that, that makes it honorable for them to sort of harry carry themselves or whatever You don't it even is. have to throw in religion. There are people that will self-emulate on the steps of the courthouse because they got a bad ruling in a divorce decree. Right. Well, and I think this is why you have the uh, the idea of, look, once you put on that uniform, you have decided you are with this group. You, the individual, have given up that individual status to be part of this group. I believe that, yes. And I think that's, I mean, you got to draw the line somewhere. And look, we can either undo the last 2,000 years of philosophy and go back to being groups that fight each other as groups that do not judge each other as individuals. Right. Or we can maintain this idea that it matters what the individual does, regardless of the circumstances of their birth. Yeah, when I start, when I first started uh, be, becoming introduced to philosophy and principles, it amazed me at how universal they were. You throw in ethics in there, right, and you can get to the appropriate conclusions without religion. And, Should and, be able to. And that's that's the thing that enthused me the most. Why is that important? Well, because if you can arrive at people doing good for people uh, without uh, the use of religion, then that means it's compatible with all religions. So there's kind of a hang-up there, though. What is it? So the idea of judging the individual mm-hmm. is a religious idea. So fundamentally, the idea that it's the individual that matters and not the family and certainly not the tribe 
that emerged out of Christianity specifically. That was the first situation where it was no longer a matter of what your family did that you should be focusing on. And it wasn't that your family would get you in or out of another afterlife. It was the individual choices. Oh, from would, a, okay, I see what right, you're saying. Right, right. Okay. And, and see, that's the thing. It's I was like, wait a minute, every Christian I've ever talked to is all about family, family, this, family, that, family. I, I get what you're right. saying, though. Yeah. Right, and, and that... that that afterlife thing is is the proxy for everything. Like, since we're talking about eternity here, you can say this is the most important thing. So the and since it's the most important thing, it applies to everything. And the and that's the condensation of the idea is on everything we should judge people not as part of a family, not as part of a tribe but as an individual. And that was an idea that emerged from religions. So let's say a person puts on a uniform and they have a kid. Yep. Now, you don't have a claim against that kid. You're right. And that's because you're judging on the basis of the individual. Well, I'm judging on the the individual's choice to put on the collective, the uniform of the collective. Right. Right. And and so here this brings me back to my question is like, okay, hold on. You made the claim that you can come to these conclusions philosophically, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'd like you to answer this. How do you know that the individual is the basis of uh, of measurement? Well, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. And I wish I could give you a non-religious answer to that. I, I, I come to that conclusion because... Because I know it's correct, well, I, come, I don't know why. No, no I, I come to that conclusion because I know that individuals are unique, save for like a, you know some identical twins floating around out there, or triplets or whatever. But even then, they become unique, mm-hmm. right? So like they might like... They might have the same DNA or whatever, but, you know, maybe one, you know, has a, you know, I don't know, a lame eye or something like, or, or develops one. if it's one. just a separate experience that right. landed on them differently. Well, right. And even, so, even two twins will develop differently epigenetically. Right. And you can even tell the different genes because of which ones are turned on and which ones are turned off. Like if we just look at, at nature, nature is full of individualism, right? No two trees are the same. Right, no two blades of grass are identical. Right, uh, it, it literally is. But I can treat them the same, and it goes well. Well, you can mow them all with the same lawnmower, sure. Right. You know, they're lined up in a row. But like, you know, that might make wear it... the same green uniform. <laughs> wow, no air quotes on that one. Huh? All right, um, so that's that's where I get it from. I take a look around at nature, and I go, okay, nature is full of uniqueness even within you know a small niche of like the same plant or the same animal or whatever right nature is also very predatory it is yes uh and and humans try to stifle it amongst our own species and territorial yeah right uh that is true so but i i arrive at that conclusion because uh, i look at nature and i go uh, if nature is creating and you can call nature whatever it is you want at this point (laughs) Uh, some people will call it God or whatever, right? Uh, I call it nature. If nature is creating individual human beings, why is it doing that? Mm. Uh, the the answer that, th- in my mind, is because uh, it has to. capitalism. It has to create individuals in order for the species to make progress, mm. right? Uh, nature... Nature doesn't stand still very often. It has as far to have as uniqueness like, to explore. Yes, as far as like, there is no end goal with nature. Nature never goes, well, I guess that's all the grass I'm going to invent. 
There's no reason for any new grass to grow whatsoever. No, nature is this ever-changing environment that everything must adapt to, and therefore the best way for large quantities of grass or humans to grow is for each of them to be unique. And so if we look at things like, I don't know, like uh, group actions, right? Uh, In any, like, crisis situation, almost every time, the best action is for individuals to act individually instead of acting collectively. When individuals start the acting, crisis? Uh, it's when individuals start acting collectively at scale is when a bunch of stuff usually goes wrong. Now, a whole bunch of individuals might agree that hey, this action is the appropriate action to take. Uh, if there's a you know an earthquake or a flood or something like that, a bunch of people are going to self motivate to get themselves to go and help other individuals, right? But seems they're like collective not, action. But they're not going around and saying, hey, everybody, you're going to come and do this. They're acting individually of their own decision, right? They're not being forced to by like a state or something like that. Well, they're not being forced to, but I think they inherently know that working together is better than working individually. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at Free Talk Live dot com